0: Welcome to another program of the Jewish View. I'm your host, Rabbi Hanania Kohen here on ctkradio.org. And today I would like to uh talk with you, discuss with you some very important topic. And I want to start with that because lately here in the United States we have some uh incidents that it's been a while since we we had anything like that in, in the US. And I'm talking about all those uh anti-Semites, if you want, Jew-haters, that type of stuff. Those who uh, try to go and attack the people of the book, those who who have a mission to bring the voice of the Almighty into the people. I don't say we are doing that. I say this is our obligation. We should do it more. And I'm referring basically to two incidents we had this past week, where very brave people, very brave uh, men, I assume, uh, decided to deal with a very, very dangerous Jews, who unfortunately are buried and cannot do much. So they went to the Jewish cemetery and broke about a 100 tombstones or something like that, uh, because it's show, it's, it takes a lot of bravery to go and fight with dead people, and to destroy their uh, tombstone. I think we need to address that. Because, you see, during the history of the Jewish people, if you look at it, since the destruction of the, of the Second Temple, and the uh, the rebellion, the big rebellion against the Roman Empire, Jews were pretty much easy targets all over Europe and of course in the Islamic countries as well not as worse as Europe but it wasn't paradise as well and it was easy because you know it's it's much you feel much more powerful i guess when your opponent doesn't fight back i think that's part of the reason many people don't really like the jewish state who had the audacity to win with every war with the Arabs. How could they? They should just stand up and get killed. Well, guys, those days are over, I hope. and Thank God for that. Part of the redemption of the Jewish people is that we are seeing again the hand of God, the hand of the Almighty guiding and helping and assisting the Jewish people. Some would say it's miracles. some would say it's just the way it's supposed to be. And both answers are right, by the way. But that doesn't, take of course, take from the mission of the Jewish people, which is to bring more spirituality, more following what the Almighty wants from us humans here in this world. And we're going to, touch, we're going to talk about that more on the next or the third segment. But I just wanted you to hold and think about those brave people who said, okay, I don't like Jews. Where can I go and show how brave I am without any consequences? Well, a cemetery sounds good, right? Or using a payphone and call all the Jewish centers and tell them that there is a bomb and create a panic and all that. So we went through that. I mean, if you look at the history, again, we had massacres on massacres all across Europe. I mean, if you want, just Google pogrom or uh, Jewish persecution. Pretty much every century in any country in the Western world, um, we went through hell. And we didn't fight back, which make it, make it much easier. Blame the Jews. And everybody has their own, oh, I don't like them because. Right? It always is because. So because of what? You see, when it comes to hate, to hatred, generally speaking, and specifically uh, against the Jewish people, you don't really need to have a reason. Make your own. Make a reason. First decide you hate, and then you're going to find out why. So we had people, oh, Jews are different. They're not like us. They are dressed differently. That's a reason to uh, go and to riot against them, and to kill them, and to rape their women, etc., etc., uh so the Jews says, okay, let's try to be like our neighbors. Then what happened? Well, the Jews are trying to be like us, they're trying to steal our jobs, our country, they're trying to assimilate, let's kill them. So it doesn't really matter what the Jewish people are doing in terms of their uh, life in this world. Somebody will hate them. This is part of, according to the way I see it, it's part of the price that Jews has to, has to pay for being the, if you want to call it, the chosen people. Right? It's jealousy, it's envy, it's hatred, whatever. And it's all because we received the Torah, the the five books of Moses in the desert. I want to tell you something. There is a reason why it was given in the desert, on Mount Sinai. Because the Almighty could you know, bring us to Jerusalem, let's fight those uh, ancient tribes that took over that place, and give us the Torah in the Temple Mount. It's the most holiest place for the Jewish people, not Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai is not—it's not holy at all. But that's not the case because the way that our sages explain is that in the desert, let's think for a second about the world without borders, like many people want. The desert is belong to no one because you cannot do anything. It's uh, you know, go ahead—you might go, start crossing the desert. It's same with the spiritual quest. It belongs to everybody, why it was given in the desert. Now, some Jewish people, for example, got uh, a road map. This is what I want you to do. Doesn't mean that everybody needs to follow that path. And two weeks ago, we read in the synagogue during uh, Shabbat that the first convert was Jethro, The father-in-law of Moshe, of Moses, he was the first convert, and yet he never joined the Jewish nation, he just realized that all the idol worshipping is garbage, it's useless, and that there is God who took who took uh, uh, the Israelites from Egypt and uh, opened the sea and gave the, the Torah, etc., etc., et et and says, okay, I want to worship him not like I did with the idols, and I don't need to become a Jew for that. I'm going to be the best, if you want to call it Gentile, best non-Jew, um, that I can be. I'm going to be kind, I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to have mercy on animals, on people, try to make the world a better place. So this is a role model for all those who are non, not Jewish. want to do what is right, what the Almighty wants in the Bible. They don't have to go and eat kosher or, uh, let me tell you, being Jewish, it's, it's pricey, it's has a price tag on it. They to buy all, all kinds of stuff that are expensive. You don't have to do that. You keep it simple. We already talked in one of our previous lectures about the seven laws of, uh, of Noach, right? Have a justice system. Don't steal, don't murder. Have a decent society. Now, of course, you can get into spiritual level. another book in the Bible which is also talking about non jewish uh, person a very interesting very unique person is Eov the book of Job. This guy went literally through hell and he wasn't a Jewish man. he wasn't a jew, but where the where, when the Jewish sages put all the Text together. So that this is something that Jews need to learn from. How to deal with the devil, who's trying to trick you and all these disasters one after another. I mean, read the book; it's amazing. His his level of faith. He didn't bend over even even his wife. Right, his wife told him, "No, just finish with it. Say something against God; he will kill you." End of story. Well. What did he say? He said, you're talking like a, uh, how should I say it? Non-smart woman. Why? Because when it's good, oh, thank you, God. When it's bad, oh, I don't like it. No, you take the good and you take the bad, and you will try to find the good in the bad with the, the perspective of the, of time, but you don't become ungrateful and you don't become arrogant. And and selfish. So for all those heroes out there who are so brave and going to attack dead people tombstone, making the stupid phone calls and talk, talking, talking about the Jews taking over the world, all this propaganda garbage that we went through for the for the last two thousand years, I say, grow up, get a life, get a decent job and do something with your life, because obviously you're very miserable. And with that, we're going to take another quick break. You're listening to Rabbi Hanan Cohen, and that will be me, here on The Jewish View, citycareradio.org. to another segment here on The Jewish View with Rabbi Hanania Cohen here on ctkradio.org. So, my next topic is, of course, related to the previous one. And that is, so for non-Jews, for all the Gentiles, all the people in the world, who are seeking spirituality, who wants to get close to the Almighty, who understand that the Bible is the, is the in a way, the words of the Almighty. And again, when I say Bible, I'm not talking about the New Testament, only the old one, the original. Because I don't like the concept of God who is changing his mind. Okay? Because if he you knows what's going to happen till the, the the end of the days and beyond, how come he's changing his mind? Right? I need somebody, a God that is consistent. Let's put it this way. A, because that's the power of God, and B, because then everybody would be a prophet, everybody would tell you, God revealed himself to me and tell me, don't do that anymore, do that instead. And the Bible, the Torah, already talked about that. What happened if somebody will come and tell you, from now on, God has changed his mind, and he deserted the Jewish people, and he's going to choose everyone else. Or he deserted the, the the Jews and the Christians, and he's gonna make a new stuff, a new book, right? Straight to the desert of Arabia. Give me a break. If God is not consistent, we, me and him, have nothing in common, or nothing in to talk to talk about, basically. Of course, there's nothing in common because I'm human and He is the Almighty. But you get my point. I would I wouldn't like to uh, to have this a schizophrenic god oh i don't like them now i'm going to kill them all or i'm going to replace them this is not god this is this is i would say the greek gods who have desires who are falling in love with humans who are in a need for the humans to bring food to their temples and and offering and uh you can actually bribe them, bribe them right you just go to the right temple to the right god and it says Dear Venus, or whatever, uh, I really want to get married with so-and-so, or Cupidon, send her, send your her arrow to the heart. Now, we just uh, went through this Valentine's Day, I, I, which I'm not celebrating, but I always find it funny. A- and if you bring the right offering, the gods will hear you, right? I mean, you can play with the desires of gods. So this is not Judaism. This is not monotheism. And anybody who is... Have this concept is in a way if you think about it a a self worshipper because what you're saying actually is that the human is more important than the God because he can he can manipulate it so that's not that's not the powerful god let's put it this way and in Judaism in, in pure monotheistic uh, approach, this is not the case you always as human you pray, you ask, you try to get close to the Almighty, to the Creator, but you don't demand because just the, the, the fact that you are breathing that you are alive it's already a big reward so to come with an attitude, oh boy only few people, only righteous people can come up with an attitude and that will be okay if you're on the level of Moses, of Moshe, right, when he gave attitude, he said, if you remember in in Deuteronomy, in Devarim, he said, I don't, I I no longer want to be the leader, give it to someone else, leave me alone, right? And and the Almighty talked to him, how how can you say this? Remember? In, In Egypt, the first time, what did I tell you? I told you, get Aaron. He can be a great messenger, leave me alone. And you said, no, it's going to be you, so now you're going to listen to me. You're going to kill all these people because they are doing stupid things. And we did stupid things, and we are still doing stupid things. But that's a great leader. That's somebody who can stand up in front of the Almighty, and the Almighty is happy with that. That's where our free will comes, you know, to its full potential. But that's only few people. Only today, I think only somebody who is not so good, not so healthy in his brain, and thinking that he's righteous, and seeing lights, if he's not in a mental institution, then we might even listen to what he has to say. But most of us, common people, Jews, non-Jews, we're not there yet. I wish we would, but we are not. So let's face the situation where we are standing. So that's one thing. The other thing is, I want to share with you some of you, some of you may don't like it, but I want to share with you uh part of the oral uh, teaching that the Almighty knew that if he gave if he will give the, the Torah, the five books of Moses, to the Jews, all the other nations were going to complain. Why? Because it starts with uh, well, like the like the politics today. Racism and, and bigotry, and if you would give it to us you would accept it. Why you didn't even offer it to us. Right. So you know you get my point. Complaining. And hating the Jews even more, the Israelites. So the this part of the oral law saying that uh it says a few things. I would I'll start with the most easiest one. There is a verse said that there was no no other prophet like Moshe like Moses. in in Israel, meaning no matter who's the prophet, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Elijah, all those great prophets, none of them is in the level of Moshe, of Moses, and our sages learned that okay, in the the nation of Israel, there's nobody like Moshe, but in the other nations, there was somebody even bigger than Moshe, than Moses, and who was that? Bilam. Remember the, guy, the the guy with the with a talking donkey? Balaam, I call him Billy. So Billy was a great a greater prophet than than Moshe. He knew what the Almighty wants and he can communicate with him, and he was bigger than Moshe. And yet there was one big obstacle that makes a difference. That the Torah, in the end of the book, in the end of Deuteronomy, is telling us that there was no uh, humble person more than Moshe. No one was more humble than him. And with, with Billy, we're seeing that his ego pretty much was what took him down where he said, oh, even if uh, Balak, the king, will give me a room full of uh, gold and silver, I will not be able to do something against the will of the Almighty. Meaning, I would like to get the gold the golden and silver, and I would like to curse them, those nations who just left Egypt and going all the way to the land, to the promised land. But I can't. Meaning he did not nullify, he did not cancel Eliminate his desire, his opinion, in front of the Almighty. Versus Moshe did. And that's a big difference. You see, the biggest obstacle we have, and that's a a topic for a whole lecture, is our ego. And look what what Billy tried to do. Billy tried to manipulate the Almighty. Let's build another altar. Let's sacrifice another seven uh, oxes and seven this and all kind of witchcraft. And maybe we will be able to convince him. That is pretty much, in a nutshell, in the core, is the Greek mythology, where you play with the desires of those those who so, uh, so-called gods. Versus Moshe accepted everything. And if he needs to fight for the Jewish people, knowing that the Almighty really loved them, but they need to be punished. And hell, we were punished. But he stood for us. And he was trying to be the best lawyer for the, for, the, for the nation. It's a big difference. But in terms of spirituality, Billy, not Billy the boy, Billy the prophet was more spiritual than Moshe. Do you understand? The, the difference here, it's a big thing. And yet he failed because he didn't have this pure faith, he had the knowledge. But he didn't have the faith. Another thing is, another thing is, the, another saying that before the Israelites uh, received the Torah, the Almighty went to the sons of, of uh, Esav, Esav, says, I have this beautiful thing, it's called Torah, I want to give it to you, are you interested? And they say, what's written in it? He said, it says, you know, you shall not murder, and that kind of stuff. And I said, no, we're not interested. We like wars. We like to conquer. If we take this, there is no really meaning to our life. We're not in this uh, spiritual world, realm, to, to not interested. But okay. Now, the Almighty knew that that's what we're going to answer. That's why I tell them specifically, this is the hard part. Right? And he went to the sons of Ishmael, also a descendant from Abraham. And he told them, I have this thing called Torah, it will give you a roadmap to a beautiful life in this world. So says, okay, what does it say? It says you shall not do uh, adultery, going with, you know, someone else's wife, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, all this sexual stuff. And it says, sorry, not interested. We are really into that kind of type of stuff. Everybody can have four wives. We can have this. We do that. We, you know, abuse kids, all that type of stuff. Not interested. Okay, no problem. Going to the Jews, to the Israelites. Back then, no Jews, only Israelites. Twelve tribes. I have this Torah. You interested? What is written? They didn't ask that. They said, yes. And we will do, and then we will try to understand. Which is against common sense. You first want to understand, and then you will do. Not with the most stubborn nation in the world. You first do... And then you understand. Right? The joke says that they ask how much it costs. And uh, when the Almighty says it's free, he says, give us two. <laughs> but that is just just uh, a joke. Anyway, let's take another quick break here. You're listening to uh, The Jewish View with me, Rabbi Hanania Cohen, here on citycareradio.org. And we're back, you're listening to Rabbi Hanania Cohen here on citycareradio.org on the Jewish view. So, I know you guys read the Bible, and you know the stories on, most probably on the superficial uh, story. And I already said that many, many times, if you read a translation of a translation, you're probably missing something. So I want to share with you an idea yeah, it is very important. It is also connected to what we talked before about the Greek gods, etc. When Moses, Moshe, went to the, to the mountain after the whole, after the big show, if you want, uh, the lightnings and the sounds and the Ten Commandments and all that, and he told the Jews, you know, the Israelites, again, no Jews, the Israelites, 40 days and I'm back. Right? And then we're going to continue our journey. And after 39 and a half days, the tribes, those who had, not all the tribes, those who had the least of faith. And remember, we're talking about people who saw the 10 plagues, who uh, saw the, the Red Sea open, saw Pharaoh and all his army going scuba diving, all that stuff, yet they have a different idea of what God is. And when Moshe didn't come back after 39 and a half days, they went to Hur and Aharon. You know who Hur was? Hur was the husband of Miriam, the sister of Moshe. Aaron was the brother of Moshe. And they told him, if you, if you read on, in Exodus, once again, don't, I'm, I'm not into the whole chapter, this versus this. It's not how I learned. He said, Moshe is gone. We need leader. We need God. So give us God. Right? And who, what he did is, He says, what are you talking about? Moshe will come back. No worries. So few hours, no big deal. Wait. And his end was that they murdered him. And when Aharon, Aaron, saw that, he says, if they're going to kill me, which I don't mind, but I don't think that the Almighty is going to be pleased with it. And they are pretty much signing their own death death sentence. So I'm going to do something just to hold them back until Moshe will come back. Those of you who who recognize the story know already where I'm going with it. And he says, you know what? No problem. You want God? I will give you God. Go get all the gold from the earrings and the jewelry of your wives and bring it to me. Will I make you a God? Because we're talking about people who were slaves in Egypt. Who were affected by the Egyptian way of worshiping? That you must have a physical um, form or image of God, right? So what did they do? They said, "Ah, we don't need the gold from our wives. We give you our own gold." So they took it back. Then everybody had, you know, earrings and all that. They took their own, and he put it in this uh, in this big pot. And and anyway. What happened was the he created the golden calf, and we have to remember, and this is very a little bit not very a little bit deep. The golden calf is not an, is not an idol worship. It's not an idol. It's a form of God of the Almighty in their eyes. Okay, because look what they said. It says, "This is your God, Israel, who took you uh, out of Egypt." I'm, I'm, you know. Translating it into freestyle. It didn't say from now on we don't believe in God took from Egypt said, and, and I believe in this ox, in this calf. This is the image of the Almighty that we got, which is a big sin in Judaism. Not as worse as as idol worship, but still, you're giving a form, an image, to the Almighty, which has no image, doesn't need an image. Because if you give something an image, you're giving it a form, uh, uh, an edges, you're limiting it. So, that was the scene. And that was, that was what Aharon did in order to save some time. Right? And all the tribes participated. A, because they saw what happened to Hu, and B, because the idea is was that you must have some kind of physical object to worship. We can see it today. We have, some people have the cross on their chest. Some people have even the Star of David, but it's not in, not in the same thing. Um, if you go to the Far East, statues of the Buddhas, golden, wooden, whatever, and you, and they know that that it's a statue. They know that if you bring the offering, the rice and the the whatever, into the statue of Buddha, he's not going to touch it. Right? But still, it's symbolizing the path of the Buddha, The, the, if you want, for Christians, the crucifixion of of, uh, uh, Jesus, etc., etc. So, people need to have something physical. Versus the pure monotheistic Jewish way is nothing is physical. It's all spiritual. But in order to save some time until Moshe will come back from the mountain, Aharon did that. All the tribes participate beside one tribe. And that's the tribe of the Levites, the Leviim. The tribe of Aharon and Moshe. The tribe that I belong to. And what we did, when Moshe came back, he says, what's going on? And he asked who, those who are for the Almighty, join me. Come to me, and go and kill all those who, who uh, actively, actively uh, worshipped that golden calf. And he, of course, took it later and grinded it and spread the 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 grind gold on the water. And so you you know the story. And that's why we became priests after that. Till then all the firstborn was supposed to be was supposed to be the priests in the temple, in the tabernacle. But since that sin, it's only the tribe of the Levites. The Levites and then the Kohens, right? From from Aaron. So it's extremely important to understand that concept. And as a result, we can say that the Almighty did something that was planned but he changed the plans a little bit. Once it was realized that the Jewish, the Israelites, are they need something physical. They need something that they can see. Not something vague, not something you know, on a spiritual level. Because not everybody can go into that level. Said, so, okay, you're gonna do a tabernacle and you're gonna do the the ark and you're gonna do all that type of stuff. And just to understand, if If we want to do the ark from our free will to symbolize God, that will be a problematic, that will be a sin, just like the golden calf. But since the Almighty told Moshe specifically, you're going to do this, this way, and the menorah, and all the goat skins, and the pillars, and all the tabernacle basically, then that's what he wants, that's what we do. Not because we are giving them power, not because we are saying this is God. No. You're saying we are doing this because this is what He wants, this is how He wants us to worship Him. And it's not a freestyle. I cannot go to my backyard and put a golden uh, uh, altar and says, from now on join me in this new path to spirituality. No. This is going to be idol worshipping or something like that, and it's going to be very, very wrong. So, the point I'm trying to make here is Always aim into non-physical form. If you need something, make sure you have something to base it on. In the in the Jewish case, this is the, the only case actually. Uh, the Tabernacle, then the Temple in the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. Way before the thing called Palestinian was ever exists, um, and that's only because the Almighty told Moses, Moshe told King David, King Shalomo, Solomon, what to do, how to do, etc., etc. It wasn't a freestyle. It wasn't, I feel like I want to do this. Okay? If you feel like something, you should see a doctor. Even a spiritual doctor. And that's a very important point. So, anything that is symbolizing God doesn't matter if it's a form, if it's object, if it's human, you cannot put God into a box, into a form of something. Especially not human. And just keep it spiritual. Just keep it try to understand. Okay, I don't know how he looks like, but I know he created everything because I look at the nature, I look at the creation. Give me a break. Big bomb, make big make it everything. Maybe he used it in a way, but that's not... It doesn't happen by accident. That's my point. And you can put as many trillion years as you want, still. Something that is solid will always stay solid. So, I hope this point is clear. And we're going to take another quick break. Remember, you're listening to Rabbi Hanania Cohen here with The Jewish View on ctkradio.org. back to our last segment of the day on the Jewish View here on ctkradio.org I hope you guys enjoy what we're talking about even though it's in a broken English with a Hebrew accent my last topic of the day is very very important and I can't even emphasize how important it is but I want you to pay attention for for this idea we see that the when, uh, when the Israelites we the Jewish people received the Torah on on Mount Sinai. The the text says, and once again, I am I am translating in your freestyle here. Uh, the Israelites uh, camped on the in front of the mountain, and it, it is using a singular verb, not a plural verb, like one person camped, not 600,000 men. And uh, the Jewish sages, our sages ex- explained that this is pretty much the first, I think even the only time, maybe, not the only, but one of the few times rather the first time, where we had pure unity. Like, it doesn't matter if it's six thousand, six hundred thousand, six thousand, six million, 600,000, whatever, it was all like one big uh person if you want because everybody in the jewish nation is part of the jewish body so some are the nails some are the hair some are the hands everybody has their own whatever makes them special but they're all part of the big thing it's not a bunch of individuals it's one body and this principle is going with the Jewish people, pretty much through the generations, but it wasn't perfect we uh, break, we broke that unity many many times, and you can look at the time of the kings in the second in the first temple fighting and uh, let alone the second temple right all the the groups in the Jewish nation uh the farsized the Sadekai, it's all those groups. And we have today all kind of Jewish branches, um, I would say mainly from Europe. And this is a lack of unity. And and the minute that, or the second that, we were going to be reunite again, then I believe that will be the second, if you want, the second acceptance of the Torah, Mashiach, Messiah, will come, everything is going to be in harmony. So you're going to ask, so what's the deal with the the non-Jews? If it's all about the Jewish body, right, the the part of, where are all the other humans? And the answer that I will give is very similar to this principle, is they're all part of the big picture as well. First, we have to have unity in the Jewish people. And everybody who can help with that, the Almighty will bless you. This is a big, big challenge. Put aside politics, oh my God. Crazy. I don't know why, but Jews like like to fight. We are very stubborn. Um, we like to argue. Anyway, anybody who can help the Jewish, to, Jewish people to be united, he will be blessed, for sure. And uh, the and this is part of the way I see the I see the the destiny, the the responsibility of the, all the other nations is to create harmony in the world. And yes, we're talking about unity, we're not talking about everybody who should be the same, believing the same thing. We're talking about everybody should be the best human that they can be, with harmony with other people, with other nations. So, if you are a Chinese guy, or a Indonesian, or Japanese, or whatever, American, be American. Be Chinese. Be the best that you can be. Help make China a better place. Help make Japan a better place. So there will be no poor people in the street. Uh, in the time of the temple, when it's going to be rebuilt, people from all the nations, with the prophets, they will come to Jerusalem. They will support the, the the jewish state but only a state who follow the the laws of the the jewish laws not some british ottoman empire laws like we have today this is this is the the part of where the prophets are telling us this is this will be the end of the days everybody's going to be in harmony nobody cares okay you want you are an american you're seeking spirituality okay You can stay in America and worship the Almighty here and do the best to create an excellent community, support the poor, the widows, etc., etc., etc. If you want to go the extra mile, catch a flight, go to Jerusalem, go to the temple, bring your offering, you will be blessed, and then go back to your country. No idols, no materialism, pure, you know, humanity. Between all 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 humans and same with any other nation, if you want to go the extra mile, you want to go bring an offering to the Almighty in the temple in Jerusalem, you can do that. there are certain laws in the Jewish laws that explain how to do it, what they can bring, what they need to bring and etc cetera, etc cetera, how to accept that but the idea is that it should be. Uh, between the nations. So nobody wants to conquer that country or the other country or fight over I don't know, uh, natural gas somewhere in the ocean. Look, this is what happened when, when humans are thinking that they are the center of the world. The Almighty is the center of the world. And all those countries, all this land, all this ocean, all the Natural gas and diamonds and gold buried somewhere. It's all his. So why, why are you fighting? If he put this tribe, this nation, in that location, there is a reason. Accept it. Don't go against the will of, of the Almighty. And if you want to get what they have, whatever it is, you do uh, a trade. You bring something, they are happy with it, they give you whatever you want. You don't have to go and conquer. You don't have to to uh, pressure people to take their basic rights. This is one of the biggest things that the Western civilization, civilization um, gave to the world, is the whole concept of human rights. It's a big thing. And Judaism is all for it, as long as it's not going against the Almighty. So, don't repress people, don't oppress, don't put crazy taxes or uh, take advantage. Create an equal justice uh, society. And this is the mission. This is the mission of the Jewish people to do it in the Jewish nation, and to teach it to the world. This is the mission of every nation in the world, to teach their own people, not to to cheat and to lie and to try to take advantage on other people or on the government. And be honest and be righteous. Not spiritual. It's hard to be getting in you know, order to be a prophet or whatever. You don't have the obligation to. Your obligation is to be the best you can be. We have time. We can go and learn more and get more spiritual and meditate. This is a great stuff. But the point is, don't be righteous on other people's expense. Right? If you're going and you're robbing a bank, and you donate all the money to your favorite church or synagogue or whatever, uh, I don't think that's a, that's a good thing. Oh, but they have insurance. Right? The bank have insurance. Seriously? Yeah. Somebody's paying for that. You want to donate? You want to do a guy- kind thing? Go, earn, work, Share, donate whatever, but do it the right way. It's very easy to be righteous on other people's expense, and we should all avoid that because that's not what the Almighty wants. He wants us to create an equal uh, uh society where everybody can flourish, where everybody is educated, everybody is is you knowing you know reading and writing and basic stuff. And then whatever they want to choose to do in their life, whatever it is, they have the permission to. And the, you cannot also force spirituality. Oh, you must be a, a rabbi. You must be all that type of stuff. No. You need to acknowledge from within you the power of the Almighty and that is what He wants. And that's why we have the the the, or, the written and the oral laws all the prophets in the Bible, and again, I'm emphasizing. When I say Bible, I'm talking about what you guys will call the Old Testament. So I want to make this clear, and with that, thinking about how we're going to make the world a better place, every nation in its place, respecting their neighbors. Uh, not trying to conquer, to take advantage, etc. And also with with people. Is that what, this is this mission starts with the people, not with the governments. When the people are gonna respect each other, regardless of race or or uh, uh, even a belief system. Although we should all seek uh, believing in the in the monotheistic way, in the Almighty, without forming an image or putting him into all kind of uh, shapes like we just talked then it was going to be a better place and with that we're going to finish our talk for today thank you all for listening I hope you enjoyed it um, you can email us on our website if you have any questions or remarks and wh- and smart things to say and with that say thank you very much, I'm Rabbi Hanania Akon your host here on the Jewish View citycareradio.org